scripture today is from Exodus chapter 19 verses 1 through 6 and chapter 20 1 through 2. Three months after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You saw what I did to Egypt and, now I, and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then cut out all the nations and will be my treasured possession. Although the, whole, uh, although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I want to thank you all for the opportunity of being able to be here this morning. You've all been very gracious, and Elizabeth said she challenged you to be nice to me, so I'll hold you to that. <laughs> Let us pray. Holy God, be with us this morning. Send us your spirit to open our hearts and our minds, that we may hear the words you would have us to hear. Amen. Who are you? If I were to walk up to one of you just right now and say, who are you? What would you say to me? It's hard, isn't it? Just to kind of off the top of your head think about who you are. And yet, it's one of the things that we really need to think about. And it's really significant for those of us who are part of the church who are followers of Jesus. We love Jesus. Jesus is our leader. Jesus is the one who showers us with grace. Jesus is the one who sits at the right hand of the Father and advocates for us. Jesus is our friend. And knowing that should really influence how we see ourselves. And if we want to kind of unpack that and kind of try to figure out what that means for us as we live out each day, going back to the stories of the Old Testament really helps us. If we go back especially to that story of the journey of the Hebrew people out of slavery and into the Promised Land, we can see our lives and the journey that we take. So let's remember the story, and we're going to go back to the man named Abraham. Abraham was called by God and was told he was going to be the father of so many people, it would be more than the stars in the sky. But it started out pretty slowly because Abraham only had one son. 
And Isaac, his son, did a little bit better. He had two children. And those two children, the one that we know, Jacob, had 12 sons. So things started to get rolling. But Jacob was a very bad father, and he favored one child over the other one. And so that child, because the other brothers were jealous, ended up being sold into slavery and sent to Egypt, where things were really hard for him. He was a slave, he was in prison, and yet God intervenes and he becomes in charge, the second in charge of all of Egypt. And he's able to move his family down there and give his family the best land in all of Egypt, the land of Goshen. It was green and lush and had plenty of water, and their life was pretty cushy for a while. Until which time, the Pharaoh realized they were there and made them slaves. And they cried out to God to free them. And God sends them Moses. And Moses saves them and takes them through the waters of the Red Sea and out into the desert, into the wilderness. Now I want you to think about this journey that they're about to take. If you look at my invisible map of the Sinai Peninsula, Egypt is here and Israel is there. And if they just went straight across the top, I've read somewhere they could have made it in the... 11 days, 11 days. But how long did it take? 40 years. Instead of letting them go across the top, God sends them down on this journey. And why did he do that? He did it because, as we are, they were slow learners. And God had one thing that he wanted them to learn. He wanted them to learn that he was their God and they were his people. Does that sound simple? Should be, right? How long did it take? 40 years. And all God wanted to do was to prove to them that he would take care of them. He would provide everything they needed. I always thought it was interesting, there's a line in there somewhere that says, in those 40 years, their shoes never wore out. How many of you have a pair of shoes that's lasted you 40 years? Oh, maybe somebody, yeah. (laughs) I knew there'd be somebody. But think about that. God gave them everything they needed. And it just took them a while to figure that out. Because what God wanted them to know was that they belonged to him. And I want you to think about how this journey started off and similarities to our own life. Moses saved them from slavery. 
Moses took them through the waters of the Red Sea and then off on their journey. Jesus saves us from the sin of slavery. And then we go through the waters of baptism. And then we begin our journey. Their journey lasted 40 years. Our journey lasts a lifetime. A lifetime for us to come to know that we belong to God. And God will take care of everything that we need. And yet we're pretty much like the Hebrews because we're slow learners. It's hard to just put everything aside and trust in God. It's hard. And so God continues to work with us and to teach us. And just like the journey for the Hebrews was not often pleasant, neither is our learning sometimes unpleasant. It's not fun sometimes the way that God teaches us. And yet, the message is the same for us. He wants us to know we belong to him. First and foremost. Now, if I were to ask you, if I would just walk up to one of you right now and point to you, I won't do that because I know that would be the last time I'd be here, (laughs) and said to you, who are you? Tell me about yourself. I imagine a lot of you would say something like, I'm a mother or a father or a daughter or a cousin. Or you would say something like, I'm a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher. Or you might say something like, I'm a gardener or a fisherman. Or you might say, I'm a Presbyterian or a Lutheran or a newbie to the church or a former Baptist. But what I want you to know is that none of those are who you are. If you say, I'm a grandmother, you're just talking about relationships that you have with people. If you say, I'm a teacher, that's what you do. That's not who you are. If you say, I'm a gardener, that's how you entertain yourself. That is not who you are. We need to start looking at ourselves, not as the things we do, not as the relationships we have, but first and foremost, as a child of God, of one who belongs to God. And you know the great thing about that is that's an identity that we will have our entire life. Jobs change, relationships change, your hobbies will even change. And sometimes when that happens, it kind of throws us for a loop and we say, who am I now? But not if we see ourselves as the children of God, because that will never change, ever. No matter what we do, it will never change. And it's no different for you as a congregation. If I would say to you, tell me about Concord Presbyterian Church, 
You might say, we're that church outside of town, or we're the church with the Boy Scout troop, or the big cemetery. We're the church with the awesome pastor. That's a mom thing I had to throw in there. (laughs) But again, that's about you. Those are the things that you do. What you need to remember is you as a congregation are the people of God. You as a congregation belong to God. This is the church of Jesus Christ. And that's how we need to start looking at ourselves as a congregation. Because, you know, the Hebrews, when they left Egypt and ended up in the wilderness, they had no idea where they were going. Now, we know the end of the story, but remember, they didn't. And one thing for sure is what they found out right away was that the wilderness was nothing like the land of Goshen. Lush fields were now desert sand. And we as a church don't know where we're going. Oh, we like to make plans and look in the future and set goals. But do you really know where God is taking you? Do you really know what God has in store for you as a congregation? So if you step back and you think, God, let us trust you. Because, you know, church and our life and the circumstances around us look nothing like they did even two or three years ago. We're treading on new territory. We're looking at things in new ways. We're having to adjust to things that we're not used to. And again, what we know is that God will never leave us and never forsake us and will always be there to help us. So now if I walk up to you and say, who are you? What are the first words out of your mouth? I am a child of God, right? Now, I realize in other situations that could be kind of an awkward answer. (laughs) But if it's the first thing you think of, that's what will make the difference. If the first thing you think of when you think about, who am I? Who am I? I am a child of God. And God loves me. And God accepts me just the way I am. And in God's eyes, I have value and I have a purpose. And I mean something. And again, that's something we need to know will never go away. It's something that we can always count on. And what's better than that? to know that we have a future with God. He may send us down the peninsula instead of across the top. We might not understand what he's trying to do with us, but what we need to do and what we can do and what we have to do is to just trust. And when things are going and you don't understand what it's all about, you just stop and say, I'm a child of God, and God is here, and he will take care of it. 
And that's it. And if you can do that, if you can just stop and totally turn your life over and rely on God and not worry so much about yourself or where the church is going or anything and just know that God will be there and you don't have to have to worry about who you are because you know you are a child of God. You are the church of Jesus Christ. Amen.